strap on your later hose and it's the Review New Podcast. I'm your co-host, DJ. I'm your co-host, Evan. And this is the podcast where we take a second look at media to try to see it through a new lens. And today we have a Kofi request from Dr. Goatman once again. And if you are just sick and tired of hearing the Dr. Goatman name and you want your request ahead of his, head on over to Kofi.com slash Rap Critic where we now have priority queuing where, because uh, we know the list is long as hell. You know, if you want, if you really want to pay the extra bucks, you know what I'm saying, to get yours ahead, you know, you can uh, get that, you can get that in because, you know, I, I know some folks really want to get their requests looked at. So, you know, you know, I just wanted to give people the option. You know what I mean? Uh, as well as if you are a patron uh, at patreon.com slash rapcritic, you get all requests over $15 off on ko-fi.com slash rapcritic. So get with it. Act like you want it. You can just uh, be a $2 patron and then like all of the requests for movies or albums or whatever have all just been cut in half just because you paid that $2 monthly thing. You know what I'm saying? So get with it. Act like you want it. And let's get into this review for motherfucking weird. Weird. The the but, uh... Uh, well, just to just to oh, spoiler alert, uh, and, and, and before we get to get to talking about this one, because boy, does this not go where you think it's going to go? And I was half satisfied and half really not satisfied with it. <laughs> but yeah, I for, feel that. I feel that. For, yeah, for reasons we will definitely get into. So, um, first thing I want to get into that I did not like, just to you know, just to hop off with the this is shit I don't like. Uh, first things first. Daniel, you didn't even try to do a fucking, uh, like, actual nasally nerd California accent. You didn't even try. Like, come on, man. You just did the general passionate-sounding North American general accent. You know what I mean? I was like, well, that's I a shame. Well, I like maybe like, that was a choice because it was supposed to be, like, sort of, like, it uh, was... Oh, a joke on the... Oh, yeah, see, that's the thing, all right? So, yeah, the whole premise of this movie is that, like... Oh, this would be what the you know uh, Oscar Beatty Academy Award winning uh, Weird Al movie would be, but we're actually doing it. You know what I mean? Like that's the mm-hmm. the kind of premise can of I, it. Yeah, can I just kind of say like not to bury the lead either? Like my my thought here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Is, and like I love Weird Al. Like like most living breathing human beings, I love Weird mm-hmm. Al. I grew up with like listening to Running with Scissors and all that. Like I love Weird <laughs> Al. Hell yeah. But I feel like this movie is just doing what Walk Hard already did perfectly yes, well. Let's just say and, it. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, so we've got Walk Hard. And I also feel like the kind of, um, you know, like we've all, I don't know. And maybe this is me being like an internet brained constantly online, having these mm. conversations thing. But I feel like we've already, like people people who pay attention are generally already aware that like music biopics have a lot of cliches. There's a, there's certain, they take a few liberties. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the, the overall joke of this movie wasn't to me, wasn't funny enough or enjoyable enough. Yeah. And I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate the movie to be clear, but I would have genuinely been interested in a real weird Al biopic. And like, I get the joke, I get it. And he doesn't want to be self aggrandized and stuff, but like, you know, I liked the movie, uh, UHF, right? Like, um, you know, and, and I feel like I, I would have actually enjoyed a non cliched, 
but true story about how Weird Al came up in the world. Or, or like, and, play off of the, like, here's what the cliche is, and then here's what actually happened sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. something like that, but just having the, like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be funny if, like, this is a biopic and he's a jerk rock star and he gets And we're going to go so and, off the rails that it, it, we you recognize that this isn't in any way what happened. But, yeah, like, my, it, my problem with that type of humor is that it bends, it snaps the suspension of disbelief to the point where, like, it's not funny anymore this is just random shit happening you know right. yeah. and i want to acknowledge also that it's like okay weird al does parodies and pastiche that's his thing so making his biopic a pastiche parody of musical biopics like it almost felt obligatory and i feel like maybe if they had gone the other way and done it as just like you know and done it as a, a straightforward biopic it, it might have you know, had people going, why didn't he do a parody of biopics? Like, but I don't know. For me, it's like, it was enjoyable. I watched it once a few weeks ago. I, I actually, I didn't get the chance to rewatch it. I meant to, but, um, but you know, it was, it was reasonably enjoyable, but I just feel like it, it wasn't, I don't know. I just, the, the premise didn't do it for me. And it sounds yeah. like, it sounds like we kind of had the same reaction to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, just starting off where they're in the hospital with, you know, the fake gravitas. And, and it's like, it's a thing where, if you know anything about Weird Al, the joke is already telegraphed. And, I mean, that's right, my like problem we, with we all know he's alive. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, well, we should mention that, that, like, if you watch the trailer, the original trailer from Funny or Die that was made 13 years ago, mm. um, it, it's like, that trailer was funny and I thought the trailer was funny and the trailer did the whole joke and got everything across and making it into a feature length movie just kind of didn't feel necessary. Yeah. You're pumping up the joke and the good thing about humor is that it's quick and gets in and gets out. So the problem, well, it's kind of like how so many, like with a few notable exceptions, so many, uh, movies based on SNL sketches don't work because yeah. what you've got what's funny in a five minute short isn't funny when you try to stretch it to an hour and a half or two hours. Well, like I said, like there are scenes in this movie that I think are brilliant and it clearly feels like a, oh yeah, this was a good like skit real quick, but then you had to keep going with a movie. And because they like don't care to tie things together, the, the suspension of disbelief that you need for a movie to really work really gets fucked up and dropped. And so you don't really like, you know, not like you don't respect what's happening, but you don't like care about it because you're like, okay, there's no real, there's nothing that, there's no reality that they're actually really clinging to. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like I said, a lot of it is you already get the, you already get the reference jokes, like him being in the hospital. Oh, we know this is where the inspiration for like a surgeon is coming. We can t see it telegraphed from a fucking mile away. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing about Funny or Die is like a lot of times they'll do like a, here's this premise that we, uh, that is in the atmosphere of people like, uh, you know, when people, uh, what was it in 2015, when people were making back to the future jokes because, oh, in 2015, that's when it happens. So of course, Funny or Die is going to make a video in 2015. But what if this is the year that it happens? You know what I'm saying? Like, j they go for the really obvious joke, mm. but they don't do anything to heighten it. They just go, don't you? Like, uh, what they ultimately want us to be doing is just sharing fucking knowing looks at each other. Oh, I know what that's referencing. Uh, you know what I mean? And But when it comes time to actually pay off the mechanics of how these jokes work, I feel like they don't commit to it. That's what I 
consistently kept noticing with the problem of the the jokes of of these movies you know what i mean um now to get into it, I mean, there's a one really lighthearted joke, uh, just how the movie starts with you know her, the mom wanting her son to not be weird. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like a, a couple of the dialogue moments where they say the quite obvious stuff. You know, where they're like, you know, you we and your father have agreed that uh, we want you to stop being who you are and stop following your dreams and doing what you love. You know. <laughs> yeah. And- no, I, I do want to say like what I will say when I, I kind of. I said, you know, this movie is doing what Walk Walk Hard already did really well. Um, That said, even though overall I kind of wish they'd gone in a different direction, I do think some of those individual scenes, I think there are individual scenes that are much better executed than some of the scenes in Walk Hard. Like, I thought Walk Hard was really good and really funny. Did we do Walk Hard? My brain is Swiss. No, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I thought we'd done Walk Hard. Didn't we? Like, wrong kid died. I feel like I remembered us sitting at my kitchen table and going, wrong kid died. And maybe I think we watched it. I don't think we talked about it, though. Oh wow! Okay, this is yeah. this is literally this is you know we we need real we life need is to, bleeding into so, someday we'll actually like keep track of of what we're doing but yeah. you know but I do think like so I think the um rocks I think a lot of the rock star cameos in this were funnier than the rock star cameos in um in Walk Hard um so it's like mm. you know I think it, if Walk Hard had never happened if walk hard had never come out i think i would have a different feeling about this and you know and if we're gonna be sort of approach it from the like well let's forget about what other movies there are and take it on its own terms and on its own merits then um then you know i might yeah i don't know it's it that's like gets into a philosophy of criticism of like Mm. is it fair to ding a movie points because a similar movie came out several years ago it's like but it's like you can't act like we're not all existing in the reality where people see that movie yeah yeah you know like right like well yeah like things i think i mean frankly like the concept of cliche is a concept that can only exist in the con in the context of other things because like if you like woke up if you're like an alien and you land on earth or you wake up from a coma or something and you forget every movie you've ever seen and you like see somebody get hit in the face with a pie you're probably gonna laugh right whereas like anybody who's seen that a million times is is gonna be like okay whatever like that's not funny what's going on why are you doing that yeah (laughs) right and so i guess like yeah i mean if we're gonna talk about something being cliched or done before and that and we're talking about two parody biopics that take it's on a biopic cliche for cliches. them to do the it's cliche a, pointing it's a, out. It's a cliche yeah. turducken. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, yeah, in that, in that light, it is fair for us to, to ding it for walk hard having done this first. But, but I do think like some of the individual scenes are better executed and funnier. Yeah. Um, like, I like the Amazing Grapes parody and how that kind of starts off with the, oh, you know, the dad who's the hard ass is like, my God, and I will not have that blasphemy. How dare you take the, you know, well, the Lord's I, music in vain. I did also like that it was, you know, going back to, because, you know, if you if you know Weird Al, you know, like, a lot of his songs are about food. He does a lot of food stuff to the point right. that that's almost like a joke on him is that any parody he comes up with is going to be food related. And yeah. so the, the idea of, like, the baby Al coming up with a food related parody immediately was was cute. And um Oh now, man, that scene with the the salesman getting the shit kicked out of him. Okay, see now this is uh, where I begin to like 
see the cracks of how these guys write like a scene right Mm -hmm. because it's like the way the scene starts off it's oh the accordion salesman comes over and you feel like the joke is going to be that he's this huckster selling this instrument that no one would actually want to listen to but the the punch of the scene ends up just being oh the old man comes in and he's angry and he just starts punching on and he's punching 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 and he throws him everywhere and he's punching and he just leaves and it's like like, it doesn't feel an actual joke was done. It just feels I, like, whoa, isn't that wild out that he just threw him around? Like, I Yeah, I guess. I feel like, I mean, that's kind of a subjective taste thing. Because for me, the like, oh, he's a huckster and he's trying. Like, because the thing is, the world that the movie sets up is a world in which everybody is crazy about the accordion and polka. And sure, there's yeah. like this, this yeah. scandalous forbidden music. So they, I think if they had done it of like, oh, nobody actually likes the accordion and this guy's a huckster, it would have kind of broken that well, piece of world say, building. I, I was kind of confused about how like we were supposed to feel about polka because it's like, okay, so there's one scene you know, so it, this scene says like, you know, you can have it, but just don't play it anywhere. And then in the next scene, he's like, you know, opening up a math book. And, oh, it's the actual polka, you know, magazine that he wants to read. And he like closes it and his friends are like, oh, hey, you know, you coming to the party tonight? You're like, you know, you coming to the cool party, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, I'll be there. Now. And, oh, the party is the polka party. Oh, and everyone's down with it here. And it's like, wait, why is he hiding it like a magazine if his friends were down with polka too? Like, it just feels like both scenes were, weren't really made with the idea idea that they were going to be going right after each other in mind and wait, they just wanted wait, to do the hiding, fake out when yeah he's, they, but he's it hiding it like from his sw- parents right? no 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 no. he's on the school bus with his friends so what oh. would he be needing to hide it like oh let me look over my shoulder make sure no one knows i'm into polka like but if the gag is that oh all the cool people are into polka what the heck is he hiding it for you wouldn't be hiding your pokemon cards if you're on the bus you would oh i want to make sure no one see like it doesn't make sense you know what i mean yeah that's that is true and a i'd forgotten about that so that is true and a fair criticism um I want to but say it's like also, they're not making like they're coming up with gags that work individually, but they don't have connecting tissue that makes a world that makes sense. That's what is annoying me. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think in I think I don't think there's too much of that, although I, I will grant you that is a, a legit example. Um, but I will say I was wondering when they have the scene where he comes up with the song Eat It. And I was sitting there going, okay, is this just a world where Michael Jackson didn't exist? Like, what's going on here? And I thought the way they handled it and that big turning point was really funny where they had it where Michael Jackson copied. Um, Like, like, I thought that was kind of funny. I liked it. I liked it, but I didn't think they went far enough. I, mm. it, it felt like with every other premise that they did where they like they started the premise and didn't really pay off how something like that should probably pay off. You know, because it's like, okay, if if now we're doing the reverse, oh, everyone's writing uh, uh, pop songs. Uh, Michael Jackson's writing a pop song to, to, you know, parody the Weird Al song. It's like, okay, so are we going to keep going with that? Is that going to be like, because that, that wouldn't just be something that one person did, right? Wouldn't that be the next phenomenon? Everyone's doing like, the pop, so then the next joke would be, oh, he's trying to make uh, Amish Paradise, but then Coolio does it. And then like, I feel like they half allude to that at the end by having like Coolio kind of like clasping his hands. But it really threw me off because I, the whole time I was w- trying to figure out like, wait, aren't they still in the 80s though? And it was true. Like it was 1985 when they said that he had died. And that was where it started to become this thing of like, okay, 
are they doing it on purpose where they're messing up when yeah, what the happens where? Yeah, or the are they being line. lazy? Like, I, I legitimately couldn't tell because, like, they weren't doing a good enough job to really set up what was happening. The you know timeline what I mean? near, like, Yeah, no, the timeline near the end was frustrating. The timeline yeah, near the like, end Yeah, because, like, he's was... doing Amish Paradise, and I'm like, uh... And then I see Cindy Lauper next to Coolio, and I'm like, uh... And, like, because it, it just feels like it's so obvious. It's like, it feels like a... Are you doing this on purpose it, it to sort point of out... Felt- it sort of felt like an absurdist, like, time doesn't exist anymore, we're just throwing stuff in thing that, again, works in a five-minute sketch, but not so much right. in a full-length movie. Especially if you're making a movie that's supposed to be about Weird Al, with Weird Al fans watching, and they're kind of having this moment of, what? That's not what happened. What? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I, what I was thinking was, are we going to have a break the fourth wall moment where we pull out of the actual movie, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, guys, that's not what happened in my life. That wasn't even the right... You know what I mean? Like, And then maybe either do like a, here's a bit of a earnest, like really quick thing of what his life was like, or maybe do like a, the movie's going to keep going, but we're going to be like, you know, having it heighten even more based off of what ha- actually happened in his life, but then jumping off of it to do something ridiculous each time. Like, uh, let's just jump to it. Like, I hate the way the movie ends. Like, the way it does the, oh, again, funnier die comedy skit or, or, or whatever the fuck, where it's like, Madonna, for some- I absolutely hate what they do with Madonna. It makes no sense. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't find that really funny. Um, the, like, I, I feel like that's one of those things where, so Madonna clearly like i think what i had heard and don't quote me on this i say to whoever however many people are listening um what i had heard was that madonna basically gave her permission with the caveat that nobody would say or admit that they gave that she gave them permission Mm. because like i think like you know they couldn't do it if she really had a problem with it like she could sue they they couldn't do it if she really had a problem with it at the same time like she didn't actually like publicly be like yeah you can put me as a character in the movie um and it feels like that was the joke of like we don't know if madonna's okay with this or not and that was like the whole joke because yeah i mean and it, it was also it's like a little bit of like I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, this is misogynistic. It's certainly not, Mm. like, (laughs) the most sexist thing I've ever seen in a musical biopic by any means. But it did feel a little bit like, okay, we got to have the femme fatale who ruins everything and is so greedy and gets him on drugs and da-da-da-da-da. Like, it felt kind of like we had to have that. And and then, yeah, just her turning into a drug lord just, I don't know. uh, Yeah, I think it's, it's... Humor is so subjective and it seems like neither of us found most of this particularly Mm. funny. And given that it's a comedy movie and given that the plot is intentionally over the top fake and nonsensical, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's suspension of disbelief is how you pay off humor. It's because it's like, oh, I believe that we're in this world. but Oh, look what happened that like made it weird. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. if you're just weird 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 you have no basis and i'm not like i'm not willing to go along with you in believing any suspense having any suspension of the the disbelief you know Mm because i just don't believe it at all like um like now i will say like i said there are some scenes the my bologna scene i actually really like that i like yeah that was funny and you know what i Mm -hmm. read that that scene was one of the few that was 
actually pulled from life and the only difference was that they uh, did it in a different public bathroom it was like a public bathroom in a different i think in the movie it's funny. a i think i think in the movie it's a public bathroom in like a bus station and in real life it was like a public bathroom on the college campus or something that that one scene that we both you know agreed was funny was a scene that was pretty true to life and that's where i say like even though i get where it's like oh he's a parody artist he should do a parody for his biopic I feel like doing a straightforward biopic as long as they avoided those cliches, which they would have to because Weird Al, you know, isn't uh, like he isn't an asshole. He isn't a womanizer. He doesn't yeah. do a bunch of drugs like he isn't dead. You know, you know, at least as ti- at time of recording, yeah. p- 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 you know, yeah. you know it stave would be off funny. the evil eye. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like he already resists all these music industry cliches. And so if they had just done a like I want to know about Weird Al's actual life and that would have been so much more interesting than like oh and Madonna made him do coke and then he went to South America and then he got shot like that's just not it's like no I I like Weird Al and I want to know more about him it's like Like, they either should have done a fake movie at the beginning and then go into the real life thing right that would have been yeah I feel like if they had done like maybe a slightly extended version of the Finding or Die or done some scenes or something or even yeah like I just feel like there would have been because and again maybe we'd all we'd feel totally different if Walk Hard hadn't happened but the music music biopics all have these cliches so let's do all these cliches i just feel like weirdo's better than that because the other thing too is it's like he his parodies like okay like um his nirvana parody for smells like teen spirit was kind of a commentary on nirvana yeah but um but a lot of his parodies, like, it's all about the Pentiums or Amish Paradise or, or you know, <laughs> Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. Like, he's got all these parodies that are talking about something other than the song. Yeah. And yeah. so that, to me, is, like, what makes Weird Al better than, like, any, like, because here's uh, something about me <laughs> is I, I hate parody songs generally parody <laughs> songs in general parody songs well, yeah, make, most of the people that write them are whack and they're not really well and that even, hard. they don't actually match the music like, you know what i mean well like, and yeah. like even people who are pretty good at it i'm not saying that everybody else who does parody songs sucks but this is like a personal thing like you know how some people like can't stand hearing the word moist i just yeah. have a a cringe reaction to parody songs like if i hear I, I don't like parodies in general but like yeah like i went and saw a movie and they had like the ads before they started the trailers and there was an ad with like the two guys from Scrubs and John Travolta singing a parody of Tell Me More. And I was just like, and like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I think part of why I hate that so much, but I love Weird Al is that Weird Al, he's, he's making these songs that are about something and that are interesting. And like, like a song about like a gangster rap about, about being a nerdy computer expert is interesting. A, a gangster yeah. rap song about being Amish is interesting. Like a, you know, uh, uh, I mean, this one's not a parody, but like his song Albuquerque is wild. Um, uh, yeah. He does he does more than just going, I think this song's stupid, so I'm going to change the lyrics a little bit and sing right. a different version of it. And the movie felt like 
that lazy kind of parodying yes. of the, I think this genre is stupid, so I'm just going to do it yeah. and, and <clears throat> hang yeah. a lampshade on all of the cliches. And I'm like, what if, what if the movie had just like, you know, Al's parody songs will take some, will take the music and maybe some of the sort of sentence structure and the lyrics from a song and then make it be about something totally different. What if like, they had made a musical biopic structure, but it was instead of it being about him being a rock star, it was about him being a fucking llama farmer or something. Like, I feel mm. like, you know, I just feel like they could have done something more interesting. And I'm kind of sitting here. I, I, I also like, I don't like the vein of criticism that I'm doing right now of, I don't like what they did. I wish they'd done this other thing. But I just, yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. I just but wish they, they would have had some more creativity. That's the infuriating thing. He's like, you really just went with the base thing to do. Yeah, which and is, you've got oh, one a weird Alberti movie, but we just do all the cliches and then just go ri super ridiculous at the end, and in no way call back to the reality of what. I think that's what's most annoying because it's like Weird Al did have a life, and like it would be nice if they actually did things that like in some way really referenced it more than just the one moment at the beginning. You know, like that would have been cool. Like this is what I was thinking because <clears throat> just to spoil it, like he dies at the end, quote unquote. But he kind of like comes out as a zomba. He kind of comes up as a zombie when uh, Madonna is like putting her rose on his uh, uh, on his uh, uh, grave. And what I thought was going to happen is going to be like, oh, oh, because you think he dies. And like, this is how these stupid movies go. They're so telling a lie that just to get the dramatic moment, they're going to say that he dies. But, oh, we're going to take it even further and say that he actually comes back. And it's actually been a zombie weird now for the last couple of decades. Like, that's what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to do like a Paul is dead sort of, oh, like it's actually been a zombie weird Al who's been releasing these songs for the past couple of decades. You know what I mean? Like to at least heighten it. But all they did was just the, oh. Oh, what is he dead? Brr, 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 1985. He ate it in 1985. Like, it just feels like such the, you didn't bother to try to go deeper with this gag, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I had this note of, like, I just found it so weirdly out of butt-fucking-nowhere that Madonna's the villain. Like, it's just like, she's not really, like, I was thinking Prince was gonna be the villain, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's the one guy who never gave his license to parody his songs. Oh, that would make yeah, sense, Yeah, and you maybe know? that would have, like, hit too close to home or something, because I do feel like Weird Al seems like a very genuinely good guy, and I yeah, feel he like want to maybe, be a jerk. Yeah. and, like, making, I mean, and also, like, Prince is dead, so he couldn't See, that's express... what I was thinking. I think, I think originally they might have done something like that, but because he had died, like, oh, that would have been... But yeah, like, making a, yeah. making somebody who's dead the bad guy because <laughs> you had a real-life squabble with him, I feel like that, that does not seem on brand. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, if he hadn't have died, I think yeah. maybe that would have... Yeah, if he, but... if he wasn't died, if he hadn't died, maybe, but... But, okay, so, and now we get to Michael Jackson, who also died, and so I feel like they probably, you know, kind of didn't do as much with what they could have done, but just, like, the initial joke of like oh uh, a weird out did an original song and then michael jackson parodied that song what but my issue with them opening this can of worms is that they don't really like follow through with any of the you know follow through of what that logic would entail at all you know what i mean like they don't go down that rabbit hole they just kind of go like he parodied your song by making the, well, wink to the audience, we know what is in real life the actual original song, but is in this universe would be Michael Jackson doing a parody? And it's like, they don't really, like, 
grapple with what that would mean. Like, it just seems like it's just like, oh, he did a song, but then he parodied your song, but it just sounds like a normal song. So it's like, like, like if there had been something where like, oh, I'm Weird Al and I, I do this weirdness, but what if someone took your weirdness and made it normal? Like, well, they it, didn't do and that's again talking like, about know, it's been done already. Like, have you ever seen the 30 Rock episode with Weird Al? Uh, yes, of course. So, okay, so for anybody who hasn't, there's a 30 Rock episode where Jenna uh, comes up with a song and Weird Al parodies it. And she comes up yeah. with, a, I think, another song and Weird Al parodies it. And she's getting really mad because she doesn't want Weird Al to parody her song. And so she finally decides to write an unparodiable song called like num nums make me fart so loud and it's completely ridiculous and then weird al comes out with a completely like heartfelt song from the perspective of the child of a soldier called daddy (laughs) daddy makes my heart so proud and and i i think i think she says he normal al us and so it's like even that like like, that is grappling with the idea of, yeah, do, going from a serious to a silly and flipping that. What would you actually do in that world where we really need to hide that? Well, what would we do? Oh, it would be really serious now. Like, that actually answered the question with really confronting it. What this just does is, what if the thing that you recognize, but it's the opposite now? But we didn't do anything beyond that. We just kind of presented it and and you know what pisses me off the most if you're a weird al fan this is what i was thinking this is what i thought they were leading up to like if you're a weird al fan you know he does style parody songs where he's not exactly parodying a song but he's parodying right those pastiches yeah, yeah i thought that was what they were gonna do and they were gonna do like the dare to be stupid video and they were gonna have like oh devo's mad because they know that you're parodying a style you did it better than us that's what I thought they were going to do. So when they do this side thing where it's just, oh, but he he did the serious version called Beat It that we know in real life is that, but in this world they wouldn't know. So it would just be another song that it just has a different, you know what I mean? That doesn't have jokes. Yeah, in it, well, because, like, because Beat It isn't funny or like intended to be funny, that wouldn't really be a parody. That would just be plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like. You know, the super exaggerating the fiction doesn't work. But like I said, if they would have done it, oh, I'm doing original songs, but I'm parodying their styles. Do you, like, that could have been a, so much better of a, ooh, the artists are mad, but they can't do anything about it because they can't sue them because it's technically not the song. That would have been so much more of a clever way to go. You know what I mean? Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he is making original stuff, technically. But no, they just do it where it's like, oh, but what if the parodies were the original songs? Like, that's such a first grade level of engaging with the humor of Weird Al, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, oh, yeah, with them ending it with the zombie, it just felt like such a mid-2010s humor thing, you know, zombies, uh. Um, and, oh, man, the, so, remember that one line where, you know, Weird Al, I mean, we, yeah, when Weird Al first meets Madonna, and Madonna's walking through his house, and it so feels like, there are scenes in this movie that feel like, pastiches of stuff that Weird Al parodied in UHF, which just feels like, do you guys understand what, like, what Weird Al does? Like, you're, like, homage is not parody. These are two different things, guys. You're homaging when he did a parody of the super dramatic soap opera movies and the the Rambo shooting the gun at the guys. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing... Yeah, that also, I don't know, I also just don't find that funny and that is again maybe just a subjective thing because like I haven't I th- I feel like 
if you see something that is parodying or, or riffing on a cliche and you have only ever been exposed to the pair. Okay. Like think about it this way. Like yeah. how many times have we seen like, okay, if you grew up, you grew up watching tiny tunes, right? Yeah. And you know, uh, uh, Babs Bunny, right? She's like always doing the sort of impressions of golden age Hollywood stars, right? Mm. And I feel like that was probably way funnier to adults who had actually seen the movies with like Marlena Dietrich and Joan Crawford and Catherine Hepburn and all them than it was to kids who didn't have any... Because to me, like the, the, the pleasure of a good parody, the pleasure of seeing something parodied is kind of like, um, it's a little bit related to the pleasure of a joke that like points something out. Like, okay, this is Seth MacFarlane at his best, right? Mm. Seth MacFarlane at his best is when he does something like dad noises and has Peter like Uh. sitting in the chair going, yep. Or whatever, Ooh, or like, or or somebody, yeah. or somebody falls over and they just kind of hiss, or or like the um the first iteration, the later iterations weren't as good, but the the iterations of like the two Scandinavian guys who speak perfect right. English, but yeah, it still like, sounds I know what that type of person, but is it like, still yeah. sounds weird, even though their grammar is technically perfect, but it still mm-hmm. sounds weird, like that's. That kind of humor is you've seen this, but you've never been able to articulate it before and I'm going to articulate it for you and I feel like the best kind of parody is like you've noticed this but you haven't been able Mm. to put your finger on it let me do that for you and that's the pleasure of it Mm. and when you have not done the noticing when you've not seen the thing being parodied there's no way for that to be enjoyable or funny because it's just it's it's like it's just a random thing right and so like for me and that's also why I said subjective because for me like I hadn't seen enough of the original like I hadn't watched Rambo I hadn't seen you know enough of the like serious type of movies that have somebody like waving a machine gun around like that to find the parody of it funny because all I'm comparing it to is other parodies and then it just feels like a joke that's been driven into the ground r- yeah, rather than sure. rather than oh you're taking the piss out of something that takes itself seriously right right now uh so going further into the scene just the dialogue of this scene i just so don't like like it, it like i said it just hits the most basic gag uh gag line like you know he says uh oh is that like a virgin song autobiographical and then she goes like i mean i technically am a virgin except for the fact that i had a lot of sex like a lot and it, like you get what i mean right and it's just so basic i, like, I just didn't i'm find... a virgin except for the fact that i've had a lot of sex like, yeah i i just okay. didn't i mean and nothing against evan rachel wood you know as as a as a fellow evan i can't hate on her but like uh... <laughs> but no like i i just didn't find the madonna stuff funny and and it wasn't like it didn't offend me. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is so misogynistic. I'm so offended. But it just kind of was like, all right, bad lady made him do drugs and wants money. Like, OK, like I just I don't know. I feel like I've seen it too many times for it to be. And it wasn't. And I feel like it wasn't making fun of. It didn't feel to me like it was making fun of misogynistic treatment of women in films. Like it didn't feel like it was it was poking fun at that. It just kind of felt like it was doing it. 
Yeah, even though like, it there, wasn't, there is a fine it wasn't line the most between making fun of something and just doing it, right? Well, like... and I feel like if, <laughs> if if they were trying to make fun of it, they should have gone harder. They should have made yeah. her, you know, more of an like I don't know how they would have made her more evil. She was pretty evil, but like somehow made it. I don't know. She was. It's like she was at this at once too over the top and at the same time not ridiculous in a way that made it feel like they were mocking that cliche. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, uh, th- this is the point that I was getting at with the Michael Jackson did a parody of your song, but he named it the normal thing. Like, I thought they were going to keep going all the way with it where they were going to have a montage of him trying to create original songs and then like, oh, but then someone made Stop Dragging My Heart Around and he's like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know, like I thought it was going to keep happening where it's like, I'm trying to be an original dude and now everyone's ripping me off. It started off with me trying to, you know, get shine off of them. Now everyone's trying to get shine off of me. I thought they would do more with it, but they really don't, mm-hmm. right? Like they just kind of imply yeah, because it that was halfway. like the Because I kind of like, I had the moment watching the movie of like, okay, you know, it's going to get to the point that it's going to stretch our suspension of disbelief of like, but what about the real song? Does that exist in this universe? Yeah, and yeah. then when they did the like, okay, Michael Jackson releases Beat It and he gets so mad he says he's only going to do original ones. That was like, okay, cool. That's an interesting direction to go. And yeah, if they had done more and been like, and having him... But yeah, it just kind of like that was like the joke, and then they petered off with that. They veer off into the Madonna thing. Like it really does feel like they set up that this whole El Chapo Madonna thing. With another mid 2010s thing, right? Because that he like escapes jail or something like that. So that's like a big oh oh El Chapo. Remember that guys? Uh, um, hmm. But yeah, and he has the, the the inevitable concert scene where he's you know spiraling out of control in front of the people, you know. And, but but uh, this joke so doesn't work again because it's like he's like, oh, you want me to show it to you? You want me to whip it out? And it's like you see the police like they're ready to go. Like oh man, is he about to do something? And like if the movie had set up so, some sort of like oh no accordions in this area sort of thing, like that would have been fine. But if it's like they think he's about to whip out his junk, but like the thing you'd need to do to whip out an accordion is so much different than what you'd need to do to whip out your junk. So it doesn't really, like, communicate that that's what's happening. You know what I mean? It's like you vaguely get what that that's what they're alluding to, but then when the police, like, rush them, they're just like, yeah, he just whipped out an accordion. He's known for the accordion. What are they trying to do in this scene? I don't get it. Like, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, lewd ex- for lewd behavior. It's like, but he's known for playing the... Like, what are they trying... It just feels like a general... Oh, here's the scene. Yeah, it feels like they're just going through the motions of parodying the celebrity acting up in a concert scene, but not actually giving any gravitas to what's happening, even within, like, from scene to scene. Like, I'm not saying it needs to be super deep and real, but, like, I just don't believe that he's being hassled by cops, because it hasn't even been set up that he was going to do something that the cops would not like. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like a sort of N.W.A. movie where it's like, oh, don't play, fuck the police because the police are going to get mad. Oh, he played it. Oh, now we got to Like that, you know, setup and payoff makes sense. You know, like why would anyone think he's not going to whip out his accordion at some point? He's weird Al, like, you know? Yeah, and I do want to take a real quick pause to say that I like Daniel Radcliffe and I think he did a good job with the material. Like, Oh, sure, you know, sure. Like, arguably, like, maybe he could have done a different voice or accent I wish a he actually bit. tried the voice, you know? Like, it's not that hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like part of the joke was casting him in that he doesn't, like, he's really short, Weird Al is tall, like, he doesn't, like, his face doesn't really resemble Weird Al's at all, like, they they do look really different, and I feel like that was part of it, and maybe sounding different too, but, like, I, 
But I do think he was doing a good job for the most part with the material he was given and, and my mm-hmm. issue. And like, you know, Evan Rachel Wood, like, I don't think her performance was great, but I also don't think it was really possible to do a great performance with those lines as yeah, written. No, no. And yeah, and everybody else, like, I mean, all the other characters were just sort of like. They're stock characters. They're, but... they're like one off gags. But yeah, so like, yeah. I just, yeah, like my, my entire problem here is with the script. Yeah, it doesn't take itself seriously, which is sounds like a you know not a problem for a comedy. It sounds, but it's, it's like comedy. I have, think comedy has yeah. to take itself seriously. I yeah, think there it, has to be stakes. There well, has to be stakes so that when something happens, it's oh no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like I mean, yeah. Like I I would say comedy has to take itself seriously because the I think some of the worst time for comedy was in like the late 2000s and early 2010s when everything was like ironic and everything was like oh you know whatever we're not serious and yeah. I think that was some of the worst time for comedy because I think if you've got people on screen who are just kind of like oh you know whatever nothing know. matters it doesn't it's, matter yeah. it's not I'm just like I'm just stupid or whatever it doesn't like it's just not funny it's just yeah. not like I I mean think about like even going like back to like I'm going to be a defense mechanism than anything. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah, it does. It feels like don't laugh at me. I know it's stupid, right? That's yeah, what it feels right. like. Yeah, right. I know I'm stupid already. Yeah. yeah. And like even going back to I'm going to be a pretentious douchebag here. Going yeah. back to like Oscar Wilde, right? Like Oscar uh-huh. Wilde, like think about the importance of being earnest. Every single person in the importance of being earnest takes themselves incredibly seriously. And that's why it's funny is because these ridiculous people take themselves so seriously. And if they were chill and didn't take themselves seriously, it wouldn't be funny. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's only funny if if the uh, if the fools got class, you know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, okay, so we get back. He he, uh, you know, spirals out of control. The fame is too much for him, so he decides to go back to the factory and just be a, a normal everyday guy. And you know, I do kind of like the joke of like the factory that the dad works at. That they no one knows what they make, but it always seems to like you know massacre people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not massacre, uh, maim people. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> that always seems to harm people. Like, someone gets their leg twisted off. His dad has his arm ripped off. But it's like, but, you know, that's good honest work, son. So if you want to come down to the job, <laughs> get your appendages ripped off, you know. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. I actually like half of what happens in the uh, back home scene where, mm. because, like, when the dad is, like, revealing his story. and The Amish past. That is a brilliant scene, and I actually really like it. I agree. Yeah, I thought that was what, like, when I was talking about, like, well, some of the scenes were really well executed. That scene, I thought, was one of the the main thing I was thinking about, to be honest. And I also thought the sort of tease and payoff of, like, um, the Amish thing, and then his mom, like, basically says the line from Fat, and then they, like, call him when... Okay, see, now, now here's my thing. Other half that I hated was the mom part, where it's like, oh, okay, she's fat, <laughs> and that's what inspired fat because she's fat. Well, the fact like, that they didn't, the fact that they didn't do that, the fact that they were like, no, that's not what's happening here. Well, it, it, like it, it felt like they were doing the thing of like, is this what's gonna it, like? They're doing the meta thing of, is this what's gonna inspire this? Song? Is it? I mean, it, it? But it like. It's one of those things where it feels half like it's supposed to be the joke on inspiring you to do something, but it half feels like, no, but that was, these honestly just feel like bad gags, because it's like, no one's going to write a song just, you know what I mean? Like, I it, like if you're going to have a song called Fat, like, 
oh, and we're doing the, this is what inspires him. You'd think the joke would be, oh, his mom was always fat, or he was fat when he was a kid, or something like that, and like, oh, and, you know, I'm remembering, the time. I remember when you were a fat little kid and you used to, like, I thought they were going to do that, because the Amish parody, the, I mean, the Amish paradise is so brilliant in how they do it, that I'm just like, oh my god, you actually do know how to do this, and... Why the fuck yeah, I don't know. I think like, it just I think feels the like reason... such a half-ass thing on top, like hat on top of a hat on the I... inspired to do the song I... moment that it just feels like just cut that out, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it worked for me because it was standing in contrast to the really like deep and the moving. One, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it worked for me because it was like almost like on a meta way like making fun of the like oh this seems so obvious but no we're not going there like that because it's like, the thing is like i know he made both songs you know right so it's not but like- I, <laughs> yeah i don't know I, it worked it worked for me as sort of the the contrast um but also i just have to say like why i i have never seen a fat suit that looks good uh, oh, man. They, they always make people's faces look weird. Like every time somebody's in a fat suit, they have these like weirdly narrow faces and super fat necks. Yeah, and it's just, just like a waddle. She's got a waddle, and I. It's could like not that's tell. have you just looked at a human being? Like we're in America. Yeah. Go outside, like, look at a person. That's right. not what anybody's face looks like. like, <laughs> like nobody has those skinny cheeks and then like a, right. a fat ring of or fat around their neck. Like nobody looks like that. I legitimately couldn't look at it long enough to figure out if it was a <laughs> prosthetic or CGI. It just looked bad. I, I think it was the prosthetic. But yeah, it, it did look bad. Um, and I just, I, the only reason the sort of, the sort of tease setup and then dismissal of it, I thought was worked, but, but yeah, but that's also like, saying, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the um, Amish paradise was one that was j- legit well executed. And s- I, I do think the Dr. Demento thing was a little interesting. The, the setup I, and rain Wilson yeah. was pretty enjoyable. Yes. I will say. And I did like him, but I didn't like how, like remember earlier in the movie, they said, Oh, captain buffoons radio show. That's where I'm playing the song. And it gets big on Captain Buffoon's radio show. And then later on in the movie, Dr. Demento shows up. And it's like, what? well, wait, did you I not think know that, that you could use the name beforehand? And then you're halfway through, you're like, oh, okay, I guess we can. But well, we I think it was... Scenes. I th- I think it was that Captain Buffoon was like a small time DJ, and then okay. he gets on there, and then Doc. Clear. And this, yeah, this is uh, just something that I was thinking about, like the general structure of how the humor works. There's a lot of big, obvious lie that in and of itself is the joke. Like, because you recognize that that's not what happened. And it's like, there's a certain way you have to do that, right? Like, you still, like, in order for that joke to work, you still have to be calling back to the other things in the way that you continue to recognize how much they're, like, jumping off from that. Because that's how biopics work, right? They don't always just 100% make up things whole cloth. They're taking this general thing that happened and then taking the stereotype of what people remember it as and then puffing that up. That's the idea, you know what I mean? But when you just do unhinged, disjointed, wacky world shit where it's just like, oh, and then he fought El Chapo and Madonna took over the drug uh, cartel in Mexico. I'm just like, I don't, this didn't happen. So it's like, it's just so insane and free associative wacky world lol to random that like, I'm not even enjoying this as the joke on a Weird Al parody movie. This just seems like guys who don't know that much about Weird Al. And so, oh, what if we joke on the fact that when people make these movies, they don't really know that much about people. And so now we're actually just piggybacking off the fact that we don't really know that much about them to just make a bunch of random shit, you know? Like, this could have been anyone's parody movie. You know what I mean? Like, what about joking on this person in this wacky scenario is directly related to what Weird Al did? You know, that's what annoys me. Like, he didn't have anything to do with El Chapo. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, the ending was just so nothing because it, it doesn't like all it does is set up the song at the end which is funny like when the song you know is actually weird Al saying hey remember when i died at the end i i guess that was all true <laughs> like you know what i mean like that was a little funny but like that wasn't worth you know just the movie ending how it does on such a fucking thud and like i said i, I mean i hate to be like all right i i, I should have written the movie but like it seems like such an obvious gimme to be like, yeah, of course we all know he didn't die. So how did he keep making those songs for the next? Like, if they would have at least done some sort of, oh, you know, Tupac parody, right? Where it's like, oh, he died, but he had a whole bunch of songs that he had recorded afterwards, you know, and so he released those. Like, just something that's some sort of joke or parody on the music industry in relation to him. But they just throw up their fucking hands and just do the Walter Random mid-2010s zombie comes out and kills Madonna. You know, it just feels so like a you didn't do anything. You didn't actually try to, you know, figure out what a Weird Al fan would really want to see, like subverted or anything like that. You know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. That's what it, it feels so like the the '90s psych. You know, was like, oh, you thought it was going this way, but it didn't. Except there's no emotional undergirding or joking undergirding why the psych out is happening. It just feels like they're psyching us out just for its own sake of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, 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 this is why people don't watch funny or die skits. You know what I mean? Like, college mm -hmm. humor was way better, and they deserved their fame for way longer anyway. Like, uh. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, that's what I wrote down. Like, most funny or die skits, they have a good idea, but they do not know how to land the plane on this shit. Like, it just kind of feels like they just kind of go around and be like, yeah, you recognize this, right? Well, anyways, funny, ridiculous thud, but I'm pumped. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, they, they just destroy the suspension of... I mean, these are clearly not movie makers. They know how to make a scene, and it so clearly shows through with the fact that, like I said, there's a couple really inspired scenes, but it just doesn't come through for... Like, even as a... Like, yes, we know this isn't going to be a serious movie. We know it's a joke movie. But like we said, the Dewey Cox movie was a joke movie, but also did a really good job of how they landed the plane of how that movie ended. You know, they, they started with yeah. the... Oh, he's got to remember his whole life before he performs, right? And then they ended with the... Oh, he's got... You know, he's living on the ranch with all of his kids. and They actually make it feel like, oh, this is what a parody movie would have gone like, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, this is what an Oscar movie would have gone like. Yeah. It's hard, too, because the problem... The thing that is tiresome about these musical biopics, the thing that was begging to be parodied, the, th parodied, the thing that Walk Hard parodied successfully, is the structure, is the plot. And, you know, because very often these, you know, very often the individual scenes of these things are compelling, but when you've got this, you know, kind of cookie-cutter plot and you know what the next scene's going to be, you know what's going to happen next, you know what the trajectory is, it gets really... It gets tiresome, and and when you don't have a strong grasp of how to construct a plot, and all you have is a plot structure that you were making fun of, it's like it's just yeah, like there just wasn't. It's the two. I feel like they they didn't. You're not even engaging with the idea of making a movie, and they, so they like I'm not even engaging box, with the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have you seen Rocket Man? No, I haven't. Rocket Man is interesting because in some ways it does like lean on those cliches, but it's also because Elton John like I feel like oh. Rocket Man Rocket Man and then the Bohemian Rhapsody are kind of an interesting comparison to each other because Yeah, cuz I heard Ra the Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't good. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody was conceived of and, you know, and helmed 
really and controlled by everybody in Queen other than Freddie Mercury. But it was really uh, a biopic of Freddie Mercury, right? And mm. so Bohemian Rhapsody is very much the cliche, the cliched structure, and you know, and it was created by people. It's about Freddie Mercury. It's not by Freddie Mercury, obviously. Yeah, and by Rocket, people who want to honor his memory and, and be the it, most, you know, yeah. Honor it and also maybe get their jabs in. Um, <laughs> but, oh, <no. laughs> but, but Rocket Man was very much, I don't know what his exact credit on it, but, you know, Elton John had a lot to do with Rocket Man. He's still alive, obviously. Um, and Rocket Man is it does hit on some of those cliches, but it also avoids some of them just by being so bizarrely self-indulgent. <laughs> like, I want to see Rocket Man now. Yeah, you, you should. You should watch it. Um, it, and it's and Rocket Man's interesting yeah, I because talk about it as well. So yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting because like even though it hits some of those cliches, because it's autobiographical, because it's coming from this person talking about himself and what he is an individual. Because the thing is like. Think about, like, if you were talking about your own life, the stuff you find the most compelling and would mm. want to talk about isn't necessarily what somebody else would think yeah, was the most right. compelling, right? right? And so I think it's it ends up being more interesting when you let somebody just talk about what they want to talk about in their own life and, and get those weird, self-indulgent, quirky things happening. And so that's kind of why, I, again, I wish this had been a genuine autobiography of Weird Al talking about his life sincerely. I mean, while being funny, because I feel like, I feel like if Weird Al really sat down and told the story of his life, I think that would be so interesting, and I wish we yeah. could have seen that. Like, I, I think that this movie either needed to be sincere and just do a straight, like, thing, dodging all of the expected tropes, and that's, like, the kind of joke, right? That he's like, no, his life really was this genuine life, or go the uh, other way, but still with keeping like key points of his life but that you're exaggerating to joke on what these Oscar Beatty movies do to people's lives but this movie just threw up, at hand, threw up its hands at the general idea of like well in general they kind of lie about their lives so let's just have a wild out thing that just goes ridiculous and crazy you know and so there's no gravity there's no weight to what's really happening e even for something that's supposed to be comedic because it's like oh you don't even care about this it, this is just supposed to be like you know, this isn't even a fan joking on this. This is just funny or die. Doing yeah, it joke. yeah. Yeah. It just feels like, yeah, it just, it feels like somebody could have like read weird owls, Wikipedia, maybe and, <laughs> right. listened, and listened to, I mean, frankly, not even read as Wikipedia. It, re it reads like somebody listened to a few weird owl songs and were like, mm. Oh, weird owl. Yeah. I know who that guy is. I know what he does. Oh, right. He got a right. story from Dr. Demento. Okay. And that's all they went. And then they're like, Oh, what if we made it like a rock star thing? But yeah, it's just, yeah, definitely. I, I, I found this, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was disappointing yeah. because of what it could have been and wasn't. Yeah. It, it there are maybe four or five really good scenes. The, the inspiration for the, my Bologna, the Amish paradise parody. Like if you could just see those scenes, I think those are really fun. Um, but as a, as a whole, this is legitimately not a movie that's worth watching or coming back to. I mean, it's on fucking Roku for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can watch it for free if you've got a Roku. Yeah. But yeah. so I guess it's a, at about the quality that you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. Don't, don't get mad about it. Oh, it, also those visual effects. I mean, we only had a couple, we didn't, you know, spend that much time, but I mean, it is a weird out movie. So I do kind of expect things to look a little silly and cheap on purpose, but there was a certain thing where I was like, okay, this feels like somebody on Newgrounds made some of this shit. <laughs> like yeah. with the parents get yelling at him shit, like the graphics on that looked awful. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyways, this has been the Review New Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, if you want to make a request, hit up that Kofi.com slash Drive Critic and get that priority queuing in. If you are, uh, if you want to get yours ahead of everyone else, uh, that's what happened with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Someone really wanted us to talk about the whole trilogy last month, and so we're like, all right, I guess this is happening. Um, so yeah, you can be the next that person and get with it, act like you want it, or go to Patreon.com slash Drive Critic, where, like I said, uh, if you are uh, contributing uh, Patreon, you get all requests over $15 half off. So save all that money and get even more with your uh, rap critic extended universe contribution uh, so get with it act like you want it and until next time this has been the review a new podcast i'm dj i'm evan and put your biking helmet on spread that mayonnaise on the lawn don't you know it's weasel stopping day give it braver weasel stopping day <laughs> You got you managed to end on one that I don't know as well, but I think I've heard it like once. But yeah, that, that's one of his originals. See, that's what I'm saying. Weird Al had originals. And the I like the weird. Movie. I like Albuquerque. I like driving a truck. You know. Yeah, like All the right. fact that this movie doesn't acknowledge his like original stuff is like so, the thing that tells me like it wasn't a fucking fan that made this. this is bullshit. You know. Yeah.